Hello, and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com. And you can find me on Twitter at TVB Oren. That's right. I've changed my Twitter handle. It is now TVB Oren. Um, used to be NWI Oren. Used to be verified on Twitter. Change your Twitter name. You get unverified. So we'll work to get that back. It is what it is. Uh, no big deal. Uh, you can find the Victory Bell, the podcast, all over the internet, wherever podcasts are available for you. Spotify, uh, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Stitcher, it's all over the place. You can find it wherever you'd like. You can also listen to the Victory Bell, the podcast, on thevictorybell.com. It is my website dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. If you have not subscribed yet, you can subscribe and get all of the content for $5 a month or $49.99 a year. Just go to thevictorybell.com. You can subscribe. You get all these stories emailed emailed to you. Try to hit them each morning. The podcast obviously a little bit different, but uh, try, to, uh, try to hit them to you each morning so you wake up your morning coffee and you've got thevictorybell.com, Valpo Athletics, everything that you need. Okay, so this is the third episode of the Victory Bell, the podcast, and really this is the first one that will kind of wholly deviate from what we used to do at Union Street Hoops. We had that first episode, which was the interview with Valparaiso University President Jose Padilla. That is something that you would have gotten on Union Street Hoops. We also had the annual check-in with Luke Gore, the associate men's basketball coach, to talk about the non-conference schedule for the 2022-23 basketball season, which is coming up, uh, first exhibition game in just over two weeks. But today is dedicated to the Valparaiso football team because it is Butler Week. I can say Butler Week, but you would not catch a lot of people around Brownfield and a lot of people around the Arc talking about that right now or the football offices. It is the team down south. And this is the annual battle for the Hoosier helmet. And we have got a fun, fun episode today of the Victory Bell, the podcast, because I'm bringing back four members of the 2014 Valpo football team, Ben Lehman, Tony Taibbi, JJ Nunez, and John Giavenko, who were all key contributors in Valpo's 17-3 win over Butler in 2014 that helped bring the Hoosier helmet back to its rightful place in the Valparaiso football office trophy case. They keep a spot there for it every year, And if they don't have the helmet, that spot sits empty, and it's something that is looked at day in and day out by the players and the coaches and everyone who passes through the Valpo football office. Before we get into the the interview with them, as we're going to kind of look back through the 2014 game, I want to give a little bit of a history of the Hoosier helmet. Uh, This has been a rivalry that's been going on for a long, long time, uh, Valpo and Butler. And in 2006, they finally decided... Let's play for something. Let's do it. So the first Hoosier helmet game was in 2006. Valpo fell at Butler 32-10. Came back the next year at home and won 42-37 in a crazy game in which Steve Ogden, a wide receiver who hailed from Wisconsin, had 13 catches for 196 yards and three touchdowns. And Ross Weimer ran in a touchdown. Jeff Horton ran in a touchdown, was limited to two carries for seven yards in that game, one of the best to ever do it for Valpo. And Valpo ultimately won that game, uh, despite falling behind early, 14-7. to They won that game 42-37. to But then it was, it was kind of a, a lull for Valpo. 
In 2008, they lost 48 to 21 at home, and they lost again in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, and culminating in a 2013 loss to Butler in which Valpo fell 72 to 12. Dale Carlson, the football coach for Valpo, was removed following that game. I think maybe the next day. We'll hit on that a little bit here in the podcast. The following year, 2014, Dave Cicchini came in. It was his first year, and Valpo took on Butler late in the season and came away with a 17-3 victory. So the next couple years, Butler came back and won games, 2015-2016. Valpo again recaptured the Hoosier helmet in 2017, won again in 2018. They fell in 2019, and... That was the last time Butler had the Hoosier helmet. They played again in the spring of 2021, and Valpo won the Hoosier helmet game. They actually swept Butler 24-14 on March 13th, 28-25 on March 27th. And they say it's hard to beat a team three times in one year, but Valpo did exactly that. November 13th, 2021, Valpo knocked off Butler 47-3 for its largest win in program history, biggest margin of victory over a Division I opponent, and its third straight win over Butler, the longest win streak in the series since Valpo rattled off six straight from 1994 to the year 2000. Obviously, that game was big. The game in 2017 was big because that was a year that Valpo won that game against Butler late in the year and then beat Dayton the following week to clinch a winning season. J.J. Nunez, who is on the podcast, was on that team, and he'll talk a lot about what the 2014 game meant for that 2017 squad. The 2014 team finished 4-8. and eight. It wasn't a great season for Valpo, but coming off of a run of five straight years where Valpo won one game, zero games, one game, one game, and one game. They literally had four wins over the span of five years. They had the same amount of wins, four wins in 2014, and that was, again, the first year under Dave Cicchini. The following season was a tough year. They went one and nine. The following year after that, four and seven, but culminated with six and five in 2017, again with another big win over Butler. The Butler rivalry is a special rivalry. It certainly is one in all sports, or at least it was back when Valpo was in the Horizon League, because Butler was the only school that Valpo would play in every sport. But Valpo played Butler in everything. And then when Butler left to go to the Atlantic 10 and then, in fact, go to the Big East, um, that rivalry went away. And, you know, Valpo has not lost a basketball game to uh, Butler in a long, long time. And that's kind of a joke and that's a meme and all that stuff. But, But this football rivalry has continued on. And it is Valpo's biggest football rival. St. Joseph no longer around. So Valpo and Butler, it is a big week. Again, you won't catch anyone at Valpo saying the name Butler. It's the team down south. And I don't know if Butler looks at it the same way. I don't know if they call him the team up north. I'm not, I'm not sure how that rivalry runs down there. But what I can tell you is that when they put a trophy on this thing, they exchanged wins the first two years. And then there was a long stretch where Butler kept winning. And Valpo never had the Hoosier helmet. And for years, the trophy case sat empty. And in 2014, a group that was led by a bunch of seniors that was playing for a first-year coach was having an up-and-down season. They had lost three straight games, including 
a really gritty loss to a tough Drake team. They lost 17-9 at home. They go to Moorhead State. They lose 48-47, if I remember. There was some questionable stuff down the, the stretch. And then they went to Dayton, and they got thumped 42-19. to But coming into the Butler game, it was a big, big game. And I thought as this Valpo football team prepares to take on Butler this weekend, I wanted to revisit the 2014 game. Now, before we do that, I will say this. Many times in this rivalry, it has been throw out the records. They don't matter. When you play Butler, that's all that matters. In 2022, more matters. I mean, still that thing. But Valpo's undefeated in the Pioneer Football League. They've got two big wins already in PFL play, knocking off San Diego at home, and then going on the road and knocking off a improved Presbyterian team. Butler is coming off of a shutout victory of Dayton. And so this is a legitimate Butler team. This is not the team that lost 47-3 last year. They've got a new vibe, a new energy, and all of that. It is going to be an intense game and probably the most competitive game in this rivalry in quite some time. Certainly the most important as Valpo continues their path now to be the hunters instead of the hunted. And for so many games in this Butler-Valpo rivalry as of late, Valpo has has not even been the hunted. No one was uh, no one was going. Excuse me, I, I should rephrase it. Valpo is the hunted now, as opposed to being the hunters. I think I said that incorrectly. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Valpo is being hunted now. There are two and zero in conference. This is a big game. Butler, Valpo, battle for the Hoosier helmet. Want to bring in these guys right now. Really excited for this podcast. I think you're going to love it. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to see you at Brownfield on Saturday. All right, we've got a very special group here. It is Butler Week at Valparaiso at the Victory Bell, the podcast. And I thought, what better way to celebrate the team down south coming up to Valpo than to bring in four guys who played a big role in bringing the Hoosier helmet back to Valpo in 2014. We have got, from the offense, Ben Lehman and Tony Taibbi, and from the defense, J.J. Nunez and John Giovenko, fellas, Thank you for joining the Victory Bell, the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thanks. So, JJ, I'm going to start with you. What do what did playing Butler mean? Uh, so, like, I feel like this story can't be told in 2014 unless you revisit 2013. And I know all my boys on the podcast right now, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. That was one of the most miserable experiences I've ever experienced and ever seen. Um, I remember riding back up to Valpo from that and just being like completely disappointed. We lost 72 to 12. Yeah, you know, let me chime in a little bit, JJ, because I think this is important to understand. I'm glad you brought this up. It was the day after the Green Bay Packers were playing the New York Giants, a team they just lost to last week. I'm a diehard Packer fan, and I was pissed. I think Rodgers was hurt. Seneca Wallace might have started that game. And I told everyone, no spoilers, no spoilers. And I'm sitting there watching a Valpo basketball game and Mark LaBarbera walks in and I said, no spoilers. Don't tell me anything about the Packers Giants game. And he had this like solemn look on his face and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, we've made a change at coach. We've, we've, we've made a change at coach. And, uh, and I just remember like the kind of air being let out of the room and I knew it was a tough game. Right. And so JJ, again, I'm sorry for cutting you off. I wanted to lay that out there. Butler, beat Valpo so bad that game that the Barbara let a coach go and that's never happened around Valpo right so 
JJ, coming back and being a leader the next year, how important was it to, to get a little revenge? Uh, yeah, that like that week in particular just felt felt different. Like, and and like you never forget. You'll never. I'll I'll never forget that. Like that week leading up, our preparation was on point, and every single film study we was watching everything intently. Our coaches, our coaches, uh, Coach Moore, Coach Mirren on the offensive side, uh, Coach Chick, everything went up a notch, and you can just feel it. And I like it's hard to explain. But like it, um, that was a turning point, and yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll get back into it even more. But like without that, without that game, 2017, when when I when I was uh when I, my last year at Valpo, when we finally had a winning season for the first time in decades, the 2014 Butler game was was the catalyst for that. Like without without that game, we don't realize that we're actually good at football. You know what I mean? Like that that really that really put us on the map. Tony, you had an 86 yard touchdown in that. Butler game. That's an amazing highlight in the in the, the game that you guys ended up losing. Um, do you even remember a play? Like, can you even like look back fondly on something like that, given what ultimately happened that day? Um, not really. You know, that was, it was such a huge, huge loss. Um, you you look back at it and you just wish things would have been differently. Obviously, you take your wins when you can for football, but um, looking back at it, that was one of those things where you know it was a great play, but we were looking for 2014 and. And uh, having a great week of practice, and like JJ said, we were we wanted just to come back and dominate them and and uh, show them what you know, know what they were missing. So, John, you had a new coach that year, right? And you're coming into 2014, um, when new coaches come in, you know they've got to buy into the rivalry a little bit. Was it was it important for you guys to instill like this is our rival to the new coaching staff and let them know how serious you were guys were going to take this game? Yeah, it was definitely important. And kind of going back to what JJ said, it helped turn things up a notch and everything clicked a bit more um, because that it wasn't, you know, they beat us really bad that previous year. Uh, but I mean, every year before that, which was four years before that, that we were there, um, they beat us really bad all those years as well. So uh, letting them know that there's definitely a chip on our, sho on our shoulder for this game was, was really important. They definitely bought into it. Um, which helped the intensity when game time came around. Ben, I think the quarterback always gets pointed to good, bad, or otherwise, right? They're the leader of the team. They get the ball in their hand all the time. Um, did you deliver any rousing speech heading into the Butler game? Did you Were you a speech guy? No, God, I, I'm still not. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was, it was completely a, a team turnaround and, you know, talk up the coaches and rightfully so, but I mean, it was cool. So they fired a coach as, as we know, and, and there was a change at the head coach position, but it was the then senior class going into the 14 season and Tony and Gio being fifth years uh, and Gladney too, part of that. Um, like the buy-in that we had in this coaching staff. It's like, look, you can complain and, you know, Hey, this new coaching staff either isn't going to get it right away or, like some of them were new to head coaching, new to offensive coordinator. We had a lot of first time coaches in those positions. Um, so it would have been easy to kind of throw in the towel early as a, as a senior class and say, I got one more year with all these new coaches, who cares? But uh, the buy-in that that group had in the coaches, in their vision, in each other, uh, like that was the coolest part for me. And so like there, there wasn't a need for a speech. We were already a few weeks into, you know, rolling with a certain flavor that we had. So 
Uh, no, I, I'm not a speech guy, but the the team was moving a direction anyway that was better than than any speech that could have been given. So it was kind of an off start to the year, right at Western Illinois, which is a game that Valpo goes to play to get a lot of money and yep. you know get some experience, right? Uh, St. Joe's, the rival that school has since closed, but was a big rival. Tough loss at home. You beat William Jewell, which was nice because that was Homer Drew's alma mater and I always liked when when you all could do that but then again pioneer football league play it was tough you guys lost the first handful of games and now here comes the butler game jj again just you guys were down you know you were an older leader on the team on the defensive side um you held them to three points that had to have been some fire that you brought to the game right yeah, here's a, I've never, I've never told anybody this and I was hoping to take it to my grave. The reason why they scored a field goal is actually my fault. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so they had, they had a, it was third and like, it, it was, like, it was third and eight, right? And they were on the, they were on the right hash and I was playing nickel. Uh, I, we had our nickel package in and I had the tight end man to man and he goes up to block me. I'm like, Oh, I'm getting a sack. He's not even guarding. He's not even trying to pass block. And I go over to quarterback and they throw the tight end throwback. And Adode actually saved a touchdown. Adode Karovo, who's number, uh, I think he was number six uh, that year, saved the touchdown from across the hash. And that that was actually that that's probably the most pivotal moment in that game uh, in particular. And like as a as a leader on the defense, I went over there because I made all the adjustments in the back end and all the coverage adjustments. I said, thank you. <laughs> because I, they would have scored. I don't know. I don't know if we win that game uh, right right before the half. But so, yeah, uh, shout out to Adode uh, for, for making uh, making me look a lot better than what I was supposed to. But yeah. Yeah. And then, and then this, and yeah. The second half, we made so many adjustments. I, gee, I don't know if you remember exactly, but we ended up pinching the three tech and just tilting them a little bit because they was running this little tight end wing type set. And uh, and then back then on the back end, we made so many adjustments that we had their number. And like I think it was three and out, 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 three and out. And then Ben, Ben and Tavy on 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 the offense side, they just held the ball and possessed. And yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, I think we had a couple of key turnovers in the second half too, uh, which helped out. But yeah, I mean, I played D line, so I was just a, a pusher. You guys did the adjusting, and they kind of <laughs> let us go, you know, and and do what we did. Um, but I, I don't remember. I mean, what I remember about that game is we we did really well in holding the rush, which was what they were always pretty good at and what they really destroyed us with the year before. So, um, yeah, a couple of those adjustments even coming up to that week and then uh, at the halftime, it just really, really shut them down. I think that was like one of the best defensive performances in like the, a decade prior or whatnot. But, yeah, it was kind of surprising. I had to double check the scoreboard at the end of that game <laughs> to make sure that it was a three nothing, three, three points given up because we never experienced anything like that. Ben, you ran first play of the game. And again, I, you know, obviously JJ has just displayed to us that he remembers verbatim the calls of every play. You know, I always find athletes are interesting, right? Like some people forever will remember everything. Other athletes are like, I don't know what I had for breakfast yesterday, right? Ben, first play of the game, you rip off a 20-yard run. Like I didn't know. I mean, I remember watching it and thinking, man, he's got legs. I didn't realize that Ben had it in him. Like when you rip off a 20-yard run, I imagine you, I mean, if I remember correctly, you got up, you fired up, you were getting the crowd going. Like, like when you do that on the first play of the game, you set the tone. What, what do you remember about that? Uh, I remember the run. It was an, like, so for starters, it was not fast. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> it was, um, 
we had an option package um, that we sprinkled in there every once in a while. And like, here's the progression, right? We, we ran it a lot against Western Illinois and I would always give, and I just kept giving the ball to the running back and let, you know, Brandon Hall or somebody else get smoked. And, uh, cause Hey, you know, him or me kind of a thing. And, uh, <laughs> uh I pulled on that one and yeah, it was 20 yard gain, whatever it was. And I just, I remember how, like to start off the, the game with a 20 yard play, regardless run pass, doesn't matter. It's like, that's such a shot out the gate. So that was, that was cool to be a part of that. And, but no, I don't remember the the play call or what we did or, you know, how, how, uh, how it all played out, but uh, good start, no doubt. You get into Butler territory, it's third and 13, and Tony, you catch a seven-yard pass. I mean, I, there's not a lot in the playbook on third and 13. You catch a seven-yard pass, and now it's fourth and six, and here comes Chikini saying, let's go for it, right? And yep. Tony, you catch a 12-yard pass. Now you've extended the drive. Just to catch back-to-back passes like that, Tony, kind of what does does that I think I, I hear a lot of like, let's be honest, I've never played at your level, but you want to get hit to know that you're in the game and you want to, you want to get that play going and you get two back to back right away. What was that like? It was great. I do remember that. It was, uh, I give all props to the coaching and to Ben, obviously making those throws, but uh, you know, it's, it's great to have that confidence that the coaches install in us and, and obviously all of us as players and, and having the guys to play with you, um, on the team. So it was just a great confidence boost, get going, get going and, and uh, get the ball rolling. Cause we came out hot. Um, that's for sure. Those first couple drives and uh, we had a good first half. Trust me, I will get to the defense in a second, but then you guys went for it on fourth down on your first two drives and didn't get it right. You'll turn over on downs, two plays in a row. Um, it, it, t- take me through the mind of that. When you know that your quarter, when your coach has said, go get this first down, um, is that confidence? Do you, can you, can you grow from that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a Chikini and I had a very good relationship, like in short amount of time, right. He came in spring season of my junior year. So we didn't really know each other that long, but very quickly, um, trusted him. He trusted me. And, uh, there was a package that we would run. I don't know if this is what we did on those fourth downs, but it, we called it run auto where essentially it was a, a series of dummy calls, tried to get the defense to show their bluff. And then I would have, had a half a dozen different play calls that we could throw in the mix. And, you know, one of them may have been that third and 13, Tony, where maybe we called an arrow or something quick, short burst and get a seven yard gain. Like, that sounds like something we would have done. Uh, and if that worked out and we had been playing well, you know, you know, JJ describing the, the week of practice we had, yeah, we probably did do a couple of run autos. And I mean, that's like ultimate faith in this 21 year old quarterback of, go out there, make the defense show as much as you can give them to show, and then pick the best play you think possible. Don't look to us for a call. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's an ultimate. Uh, your call will be over here on the sidelines, kind of a mindset. So um, that, that takes a lot of trust, no doubt. John, the, the, the offense is not put points on the board, but they're moving the ball. You guys come back. Alex gets an interception on the next drive. Um, how key are those plays to, to splash plays, turnover plays, right? To, to flip the field and, and to get a big boost of energy there. Oh, it's huge. You know, it's, it's obvious that it's a team game and, and when the offense is, they're doing a good job, uh, it, but the defense, you know, had to help them out just a little bit. And it, like other times in the season, they had help us out a little bit, you know, a little bit here and there. So getting those turnovers, like the one that Alex got, um, that's huge. Get them back on the field, get them with good field position, and then continue to, to put the pressure on Butler. 
um, that was huge. It's huge, especially in the second half like that. You hit Gladney for a 10 yard completion first play. Brandon runs up the middle for a couple of yards and then speedster Ben again, 21 yard rush. I mean, what is going on here? Like this is a, and I'm not going to go through every single play of the game, but the big ones that stand out again are Ben, you ripping off a 21 yard run and now you guys are in the red zone. Um, just, uh, are you, are you Michael Vick at this point? Very, very bizarre, isn't it? No, I, I don't know. Well, it may have been. So this happened at San Diego where I actually ran for a touchdown, like with my legs, you know, ran <laughs> and uh, I was so slow, the backside corner almost caught me. So the fact that you get two 20 yard rushes in a game, that, that was not our normal. That was not our status quo. I'll say that it's throw the ball to Tony, throw it to Kent, throw it to Tanner and Fred, let B Hall run out the middle. That's, that's what we did. So it's hard to prepare for number nine run, and you don't see that very often. <laughs> and you hit Spencer Pennington for a touchdown, and he was kind of a, an interesting guy in that, like, he kind of did a little bit of everything, but you, you just rattle off maybe four or five guys, and he wasn't on the list because he wasn't, like, a, a focal point ever, really. Um, what can you tell me about Spencer? Uh, we shared the ball quite a bit. Like, that was the, I think, unique part. Like, Kassara is one I didn't throw in there that I should – and, uh, you know, to have Spencer as kind of this, this wild card, uh, that always helped, you know, he didn't play, I don't think he played all four years, so he didn't really have time to, you know, stick with the program, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to have that variation, no doubt. John and JJ both had tackles on the first two plays of the next drive. Uh, JJ, now you got a lead. How do you play differently as a defense when you have the lead? Yeah, so give people a little behind the scenes. I was actually just replaying in my mind exactly like, yeah, I do. I remember formations. I remember like pretty much every, that's the only reason why I was actually good at football. I can remember these things and I can, I, I really, I studied a lot. I mean, these boys saw me in, in the, in the film room all the time. Um, we started calling a lot of cover for shell uh, to where we can keep a too high look. So, we'll, so we always have help over the top and then our D line, like for real, they went, crazy stupid i think gill had two two sacks uh i remember moffitt uh and geo holding it down and uh because we would we would put geo and a head up on the center and 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 moffitt at the three tech and yeah we just we ran base cover four shell and we just went off like we didn't really have to get that get that crazy get that crazy with it uh when we had the lead because yeah the d-line y'all was y'all and then uh uh birdo <laughs> birdo on the other end yeah. like no nah, the y'all yeah like and as i and as i start remembering it remembering and i, and I remember the calls and mm -hmm. i'm like because we usually make i usually make like two three checks maybe on a drive there's one there's like three drives in a row we came out coach looked at me he's like did you check i was like i don't need to <laughs> like like these boys got it handled up front yeah yeah man d-line like d-line really 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 came through and then on the on the uh on the last drive where like it was kind of like in between of like okay if they score if Butler scores here then um then then our offensive plan will change but if we get a stop we we pretty much just ice it and Gill makes this nasty move we call it cover one Gill makes this nasty move gets around Geo is the what we call it a pocket pusher he literally I think I think you actually just push the dude right into the quarterback's lap the quarterback rolls back out Gill almost depleted him. I thought I thought Buddy was done. So yeah, yeah, no, the D line, D line really held it down with uh with that lead that we had. John, there's a saying in sports or life, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. 
Mm-hmm. How quickly did you punch Butler in the mouth? Now that it's three possessions as we're going through the game where they didn't they didn't move the ball really. Like, yeah. like they scored 72 on you the year before, and now they can't move the ball. I mean, just just did how great did it feel to deliver the first couple punches? Oh, it felt amazing. Like towards the middle of that year, our D line and even our linebackers really began to start clicking. And um, we were able to start punching people in the mouth, uh, especially because the new defensive coordinator that we had, Ernest Moore, he came in with this defense that the playbook looked like a Bible. And so it took us a while to get this thing down. He had a ton of exotic blitzes. And then right in the middle of the season, everything really just began to start clicking. And we were able to bring a lot of heat uh, throughout every game afterwards. And you especially saw it in the San Diego game after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we were continuously punching Butler in the face from the, from the get-go and shut down the run game. Gil was able to put some uh, pressure on uh, a couple TFLs here and there. And, like, it, it was – they were knocked out, you know, to finish the analogy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so – now you get now you jump a two score lead here. Uh, ben, you do a good job of moving the ball around. You talk about Kassara catches a big one. Yeah, Gladney, you're you're trying to sprinkle him in. One of my all time favorite players, Grayson Baston, who I thought was like four eleven or something like that, but always felt like he was making plays. Uh, Jake Hudson, who I, I really enjoyed getting to know him, um, and then a twenty four yard touchdown to Tony. Tony, take me through that play if you remember it at all. Uh, I do remember coming across the middle and. Uh, I, I think I got lit up or something. I caught it backwards or, or, or something. And uh, I remember them calling it in the huddle. Ben called it in the huddle, and it was just a perfectly executed ball by Ben, perfect executed play. And uh, it was just a bunch of joy. We had a big lead on them. We couldn't, you know, we knew that, you know, we had the upper edge. We were moving the ball very well. Um, like you said, we had a couple misfortunate fourth downs, but um, it was just an unbelievable throw, um, unbelievable play. Ben, anything that stands out to you about the touchdown? Oh, I'm glad he caught it. Probably felt better. <laughs> still it doesn't hurt as bad. You get lit up, but you score a touchdown, it kind of washes out. You just you're just happy about it. So then all right. Oh, it's good. Um, John, you, you get a big fumble recovery on the next drive. And I, I and, and I thought when I was there, and I still remember covering this and watching it or whatever, I thought that was the moment too. Like a lot of the other stuff you guys are talking about, yes, but like, okay. They started to move the ball a little bit. They had a big, uh, they had a big completion on second four. Um, they're starting to move the ball a little bit. They completed another one on second ten. Uh, JJ, you got the tackle. That that crossed them into Valpo territory, plus side of the field. And uh, and here, Alex Green, second big play for him, forces a fumble. And John, you come away from it. Um, did, did did I mean? I imagine maybe you already knew that you guys kind of had them, but that play's got to be a big one, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And like, I, I remember that play. Like that was one of the few plays I remember, like it was yesterday. I actually got double teamed on that play and I got pushed back like three yards. And so like what you're supposed to do on a double play is just a double team. If you're getting pushed back, you just go straight down. Cause you don't want to become like a wall and cut everybody else off. So went down, I got back up and I, just, I saw the ball was still moving and I just chased after it. Green obviously was there first hit the running back it popped out and I just dive in and I'm under the pile with all the rest of the, you know, gigantic old linemen. And um, yeah, I, I had to have some recognition of like where we were on the clock and whatnot and, and know that that was going to be one of the nails in the coffin. Um, because when I came up, I held the ball. I came up with the ball first so that everybody knew that it was a Valpo ball. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome feeling. It was, yeah, it was, it was sweet. It was sweet. 
What? Paul, Paul, Paul. Gio don't say nothing the whole game. I've never heard him talk the entire game. This man came up with the ball and just started screaming. I'm like, hell yeah, Gio. <laughs> I've never – I. I played. I we ain't played what like over nine hundred snaps together. I have never <laughs> heard this man talk in the game. <laughs> I was quieter. You um, was hyped then, though. <laughs> you were you were always kind of a very studious guy, just walking around the building. Like I would like head nod you every now and again because again I never really talked to you, but I was like the guy talked on the field of his play, right? Uh, John, what happens at the bottom of a fumble pile? A lot of scuffling, um, but a little bit of finger pulling, you know, but just got to hold that ball tight and get it, try to get it <laughs> close to your gut as possible. And I don't know, not be weak. I guess it's just, it's, it's not great. <laughs> so you, you hope that the ref just pulls it apart before mm-hmm. someone from the other team pulls it out of your hands. Uh, yeah. Tony, Crazy. I don't know if you fumbled in your career, but let's say Brandon or Jake or someone puts the ball on the turf. Are you jumping in? there like i mean is that is that something you try to to invite or or are you like yeah, i must sit this one out and let my old lineman go in there hell yeah i'm jumping in there and the, <laughs> when the ball's alive i'm jumping in there and going to get that damn thing so um no ball no fumble you know anything that the ball's free we gotta as a team and that's what uh one thing about football that year we were always one um we were all playing together so uh ben for you i mean if you've had a drop snap or something like that uh is it just miserable to have the finger pulling come in your direction and all that? I let Tony, I let Tony come in. He's he's on it. I'll come back, I'll point right. He's got me covered. Uh, ben, you checked in those fingers. Ben, you punted on the next drive. Yeah, that would happen too. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was pretty dang good. If I got to say, it was like oh, this was a forty-one yard punt. This is yeah, uh, so like it's a great punt. It's horrible to do it as a quarterback. You know, like you go off the sideline, you get high fives for an awesome punt. It's like, ah, oh man, you didn't get them on the first three downs, but that four, you turned the ball over. Nice. Like this, it's <laughs> good punt, but man, it'd been nice to uh, score points instead. JJ, um, we're into the second half now. Well, actually, no, let's go into halftime. You guys are up 14, three. Um, how hype is the locker room? It's uh so yeah usually so usually green, green and I are usually we we we're the ones who made the adjustments on the field and like would always be the talkers. We're trying to calm everyone down. Mm-hmm. Like Geo, you remember distinctly. We I remember that. Like, we're everybody just like relax. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me because usually it's me and Green coming in preaching. Uh, uh, giving 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 like three sermons plus adjustments and Gio's over there probably annoyed. Like you guys need to stop talking, but yeah. no, we, yeah. And then Gio, I actually think you talked at halftime. I think so. I think so. I think that I had a, I had a hunch that we, we were dominating uh, physically on the line. And so I had to let people realize that we just got to keep doing what we're doing and don't try to be anything else than what we've been doing because, and luckily we had a lot of seniors on that line. So we knew that like, you know, we'd been there and we, we could maintain the composure, you know, stay poised because like we've been up in the past and it just never went that way. And, you know, it could turn really quick, but yeah, the locker room was very serious at halftime, um, especially on the defensive side, just because we knew that, you know, we had to keep, we had to stay focused uh, and we had something that could 
turn, potentially turn into a podcast eight years later, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I knew you were thinking about that. Okay, so JJ, uh, we've known each other for a long time, right? Like, I don't think that I'm, you know, I, I probably have more of a relationship with you than, than some of the other guys here. So uh, I feel like I can ask you this and you not jump through the screen. I, I, I keep seeing Butler complete for 25 yards, tackle by JJ. Butler complete for 14 yards, first down tackle by JJ. What, you got all these tackles. Did you, were they keying on you? Uh, no, no, no. So basically, like I, like I described, so we had that, we had that cover four shell and we were keeping everything in front of us. Right. So we were playing, our depth was a little bit further back because, because of the way, the way our front seven was playing, right. The way our front seven was playing and, 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 uh, and when it, you have a cover four shell, that middle linebacker is not key based on way, way we ran cover four. He's not keyed in on actually dropping to the middle as much. Right. So we're having to guard the middle and the quarter. Right. So we're having to guard that from, from hash to sideline and also the middle of the field. And like, it worked out perfectly because we knew they weren't going to be able to string together eight, 10 play drives, right? Just, just what it was, what it, it was, what it, uh, it was what the, the, uh, the game actually predicted, but yeah, we weren't, don't get it twisted, Paul. We wasn't in man coverage. It wouldn't go like that. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure, make sure everybody knows that it was a zone and it was, it was, it was calculated. Okay. Okay. Good job, JJ. Good answer. Um, all right. So again, it was offense. We'll get back to you in a second. Butler comes out, they get the ball start of the second half. They march in deep there to the 28. Then, then, then Gilliford with a sack it's fourth and 13 and they go for it to either JJ or John, when a defense is going to go for it on fourth and 10 plus, is that, I mean, is that a, do you, do you take it as disrespect in the moment? Like, do you, or, or or do you realize? Look, they're desperate as hell. If we stop them here, they're, like they're lost, they're done. Huge uh, momentum swing that they were trying to get is what I was thinking. Um, maybe a little bit of desperation there, you know, because they just weren't able to get anything going on offense. So if they can convert on a fourth down like that, really close to their end, own end zone, then um, they could maybe get something going. Just change the morale on their sideline. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was a weird call, you know, I, I, field goal is pretty typical right there, but field goal yeah, makes a one possession game at that point. Yeah. No? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. I, my, my guess would be that their head coach was trying to get something going, just a little bit more momentum over there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I would say desperation. Next drive, Ben, now you punt the beauty a 50 yarder down to the one. I mean, again, it, it, you talked about this earlier, you had a 41 yarder. I'd forgot you had the 51, the 50 yarder down to the one. And then the defense makes them go three and out. You guys talked about this, right? Like, and, and, and now you guys are to the point where, uh, you know, on the next drive, you come back and, and Ben, you try to throw to Tony back-to-back plays on third and four and fourth and four from the 28, probably looking for the knockout punch, not there, but is it, is it more of just a long bleed of the clock, a game managing perspective a little bit at this point? Yeah. I mean, it's, if you can get two scores, that's one thing, but you get three scores, you're, you're pretty conservative, I'd say, uh, especially in the second half. So if we can lock in one more score, um, there's no reason to, to not bleed the clock, to, to not run the ball and, you know, do things a little bit more, <laughs> a little safer uh, on the offensive side. So that's probably what we were trying to do is lock in one more score, get ahead to three and bleed the clock. Absolutely. That's probably the goal. And I think maybe the last big, big moment for Butler was early in the fourth quarter. They get down to the 23-yard line. It's fourth and one. 
and uh, and Roberto Kelly with the quarterback hurry. Berto, as you talked about, the son of a former Major League Baseball player, um, I think was only at Valpo for a couple of years. But JJ, when 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 he makes a play like that, just just how hype are you guys to again? You've stopped him again on fourth down. Yeah, man. Like I. <laughs> That I, I can't say it enough, and and I wish I could. I wish I could have my own podcast just about the D line that day, but <laughs> they honestly made life so easy that day. They they had a whole different and like Gio said though they've been they have been through like there 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 should be a Valpo podcast from third from from uh from two thousand nine to thirteen, and you would understand like why these dudes are probably successful in what they do now. Like they they've been through the ringer, right? And so, like to see dudes make plays like that, that that I that I know I know are good players that everybody else was sleeping on, and uh, yeah, it makes you feel real good. Uh, you guys get the ball. Twelve minutes left in the game. Steady dose of Brandon Hall, big guy, bowling ball up the middle, seven yards, eight yards, four yards, quick pass to Kasara, two yards, two yards for Hall, and then you know on a first and ten, he they they're they're up to him. The Burke brothers from Butler get him for a loss of two incomplete pass to Kassara. And now again, there's, there's momentum in the balance, maybe third and 12 long, third and long midfield. Ben, you hit Tony for 17 yards, Tony, that play probably ices the game. You remember that play at all? hundred percent. I remember that play. I came across. Okay. So right before that play in the third quarter, Ben threw me a perfect ball. We ran double verts and it was like inverted. And I came across the middle and Ben threw me a perfect throw that I dropped for a touchdown. I'll never forget that. Um, so right before that next drive, we needed to make some plays. We moved the ball a little bit and, and I came in again for another throw and, and Ben threw me a nice ball. I remember catching, I don't know if it was nice, but I caught this one one-handed. I do remember that. Um, and that was just a big play that we needed, um, we needed to make there. And once I came back and grabbed that, I, I knew that, uh, Momentum. I even get the chills. I remember momentum was on our side, and, and uh, hopefully it was our game to, to close out. Again, you were facing a third and long from midfield, 17-yarder to Tony, 12-yard rush by Brandon Hall. Next play after that, pass interference. Now you're inside the red zone, and and you finished it off with field goal. But you broke their spirit, I think, on, yeah. that, on that one. And then, again, Gilliford comes back with a sack to start the next drive. Um, De La Rosa with a quarterback hurry on fourth and 13. Um, we won't talk about Ben throwing a pick on the next drive after that. We don't have to, we can ignore that one. Um, <laughs> that didn't again, happen. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Another sack and, uh, and game's over, you know, and, and, and you got it, John, just to, to hold a team to three points, it's gotta be up there with any of your experiences playing Valpo football, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing was this was our third to last game for uh, me and Tony, who were there, who started in 2010 there. And then Ben uh, came the year after. And I mean, it was no secret that those 2010 to 2013 seasons were were brutal. Right. Like every every game we're giving up double digits. So to be able to go through what we went through and then our senior year, redshirt senior year is, is beginning to close out. And we've finally turned the corner to where we're a solid defense and even like an even better team. It really was like the icing on the cake for, for our careers. And it really made those previous seasons, you know, feel like they weren't for not, you know, like we actually did something yeah. useful here, <laughs> like did something productive. So yeah, it was huge moment, huge moment. I think I hugged Tony. 
<laughs> I think they were good pitches. Um, was uh, did did I mean, did you guys sprint to the victory bell? Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. That that was I a think must. You got the helmet first. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, this is a big part of why we're doing this, right? It's it's helmet week here. Um, helmet. Ben, what did it mean to you? What 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 did what did that trophy mean to you? Uh, it, it's kind of in line with what Gio was saying about, you know, like there's a, there's a saying that, that I like, leave it better than you found it. And I was fortunate enough to do that in high school. And then I saw Valpo as an opportunity to do that again at the college level, um, saw a program that was historically struggling and thought that I could be a part of a, a better solution. Um, it, not that we won conference championships, not that we got automatic bids to playoffs, but, um, beating, Butler and having the best season that they had had in several years, um, that was definitely better than we found it. And the year wasn't over. We went and, you know, nail biter against uh, San Diego and so on. But, you know, it was still that season culminated into something better than they had seen the last four years combined. So uh, that was that was kind of the, the topper, if you will. Tony, what uh, the aftermath on the field, we'll get to later in the night, but the aftermath on the field. <laughs> What was uh, what was that like? I mean, you hugged Gio. I, I remember <laughs> hugging Gio. I remember once we grabbed that helmet, we all ran right across the field and celebrated with our fans, um, sung the victory song, and and uh, it meant the world to us, to the coaches, um, to us fifth years for sticking it out, um, for us finally beating Butler. Um, it it meant the world to everyone to be a part of and and. It still means everything to me. So, JJ, any uh, emotional moments on the field in the aftermath of that victory? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I like I'll never forget singing the singing the victory song uh, right after that. And uh, yeah, man, I, don't, I got two of them things. Y'all only got one. I I, <laughs> up, I got I got two of them. Uh, my son has a picture with the second one, which is dope. But uh, but yeah, that there's nothing. There was nothing like that. And like to do that, like to do that for these dudes on the call and uh, like all my mentors and, and, uh, and, 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 and OGs that were part of Apple football. Like that was, that was special because they, uh, they deserved it. They, they really, they really do deserve it. Kent, uh, Stu, man, I, I can name all those dudes that are just like, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to help them get that. So we're all older. I know I'm older than you guys, but we're all older. <laughs> And so I think we're in a safe place to talk about this. When I was a student from 99 to 02, I was the broadcaster of the football games. And I had a lot of friends on the team. And I wasn't on the team. I want to be clear about that. But I went to the parties after the wins. And, uh, and I went to the get-togethers after the losses, too. So I've been a part of both of them. And I can say unequivocally, there is nothing like a Valpo victory post-game party, a Saturday night on a home game, whether it was Northsides, whether it was Jackson slash Duffy's, whether it was a house party when I was in school, Fidelt was big when I was in school, all of that, right? Um, there was nothing like it. So I have to imagine that continued on and without implicating any of you guys in anything that is good, bad, or otherwise, tell me that the party was off the chain is that the term that people use? I have no idea. I don't know. What I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, don't I had to imagine it was amazing. 
Yeah, it was amazing. I don't even remember it. It was that good. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember much. Yeah. Celebrating. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it was great. And we had the house right there, too close to the field, so that helped. Uh, yeah, it was really, really good. It was a function. <laughs> it was definitely a function. It was a, yeah, it was a function. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was about the most I would get out of that experience. Ben, you look very, uh, very professional. You don't, you didn't, you would just go watch film that night right away for your next. Uh, no, I don't remember the plays. I don't remember the after parties, but it probably makes Sunday <laughs> a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> Uh, the season, obviously, you guys alluded to it. You had an amazing game at San Diego, which sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And you guys scored with 26 seconds left. And then they hit a 44-yarder to win the game. Um, I remember talking to Chikini a lot that season. And, uh, and he always would say to me, we got to learn where we're, teams lose big, then they lose small, then they win big, or they win small, then they win big. And I remember talking to him in the aftermath of that game. And he said, you know what? We, we lost small. Now we would need to win small. And, uh, and you won bigger the next week. You played Davidson. You, regular season finale. You beat him at home by two touchdowns. Um, have to imagine emotional in that for, again, the seniors and everything. Um, but uh, Tony, just, I mean, can, you had such an electric last three weeks. Could you look back on that fondly? Yeah. Um, well, I look back at my whole career at Valpo finally, you know, it was, it was tough, but you know, that last year really topped it off and uh, you know, it's, it, it's surreal how fast it goes, you know, you, you know, you tell everyone about it and then once it's gone, it's gone, but you know, it was a great experience. Gio, same thing for you. I mean, was that uh, the Davidson game? Was that, is it hard? Football has got to be a really hard sport to be done with, right? It's not like you can go play pickup basketball, like, like those sports, right? Yeah, it was, it was really tough. I cried. Um, and yeah, you like, you can't, you can't go back to it. Right. You're never going to be on a hundred man team again. So uh, yeah, it was tough. It was bittersweet. You know, I was like, I was, I think I was 22 at the time and football was like one of the three things that I knew and uh, it just it ended abruptly. And uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough, but look finally back on it for sure. JJ, you lost a couple games to Butler the next two years as you kind of found your footing with Chikini. And then 2017 was your final year, right? Yeah. So you beat them in that game. And then your career ended with, I would put, you know, this 17-3 Butler game is up there. And then that 8-7 Dayton win is one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had watching a game. I couldn't, I didn't see much of it in the press box. It was that you couldn't see the field. Um, what was walking away from the game for you like, JJ? It was like, like so I, I was a, a very good college player, right? But that actually that actually gave me, like that last season just gave me a chance. Um, the Giants and the and also the uh, with, with the Browns that I've had workout, continuous workouts with back and forth throughout the years, right? It's uh, that actually, that last season really gave me a chance and put us on the, Put, gave us a platform we actually started getting media attention and uh it really set me up uh for my career now um but uh not nah, like that there is no like like i said at the beginning of this there is no 2017 the first winning season in in, in decade without 2014 this senior class like that that was like for real like dale dale, uh, dale cook um there's gatson there's so many there's so many dudes that like that we owe that 2017 uh, season two, uh, because they set the foundation. Um, there was like, 
that 2014 season, guys, I don't think we had one off the field really concern. Like everybody, like everybody was in check with each other. Like that's 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 special within itself, right? So yeah, now these guys have laid down the the, the concrete foundation, and like that's why Coach Fox is actually finding some success now. And then there's no secret; it, it started with this 2014 season. You know, we've seen Chikini ultimately left, went back east, and a new guy came in, guy that many of you had gone up against when he was the DC at at, at Dayton. Have you guys gotten a chance to know Landon at all? No. A little bit. It's tough. Obviously, he took over right before COVID, right? So it's not like, yeah. you know, everyone was sprinting back to Valpo. Um, it's interesting because I watch these guys now and I see remnants in, in, in JJ, what you're talking about, right? Like the them I see sprinkles in of like, oh, this guy reminds me of him. He reminds me of him, right? Like, I mean, Ben, they actually have a quarterback who designed to run now. So it's a little, uh, you know, it's <laughs> that's <laughs> it's nice. Good. That's good. Um, you know, do you, are you guys able, I mean, do you follow it at all? I mean, you guys have all moved on in your lives, right? You know, away, away from this. But, uh, Tony, you mentioned before you got chills, right? Like, do you know when it's Butler week? Do you, uh, is, is that in your mindset at all? Or is that in a box in the past? No, you definitely know. Um, you always, you know, I always check out the box scores. I still follow on my ESPN app. I always make sure. Actually, my youngest brother's uh, team just joined our conference. St. Thomas, he played at. So um, definitely still follow a lot of Valpo football. Well, they are probably uh, along with Valpo right now because St. Thomas just beat Davidson. St. Thomas is yep. probably probably the team to beat at the moment. You know, Valpo will probably have something to say about that. Yeah. Um, John, what have you been doing in life since football? Man, What? Uh, where where, where do you find yourself in life? Uh, well, I've been – moving around quite a bit throughout the Midwest. Uh, I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, but started with the company six years ago. Um, took a couple of promotions, which moved me to Michigan, to Wisconsin. And then uh, recently I just moved to Vegas. So uh, got engaged at the end of last year, get married next year, and uh, also just turned 30. So there you go. Uh, that's, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much where I'm at. Just, but also checking Vapo football every so often. Very and, good. Uh, Very good. And Tony. So yeah. <laughs> Ben, we uh, we talked to you really early in COVID because of the work that your company was doing or whatever. What's uh, what's life been like for you post Valpo football? Yeah, uh, well, we got married, uh, married a volleyball player, Kelsey, and we've got two boys They're seven and the younger one will be five here in February. Uh, we live down the street from Geo, came to find out like a week ago, ran into him at, at an airport. Um, but so we're living out in Henderson. I work for that company. They're called Task Force Tips, and uh, we make firefighting equipment to save lives and protect properties. So COVID and auto accidents and uh, house fires and all those other things are that's, that's right up our alley. So they're based out of Alpo. So I still get back you know, once a quarter, uh, maybe a little more than that. So not that it's always during a home game necessarily, but uh, staying up with Alpo is uh, is a must. But uh, yeah, working, living, got a good family going, and it's uh, 89 degrees here on October 12th, so not too bad. Tony, I, Tony, I'd imagine uh, you're largely cheering on the San Francisco 49ers right now. In addition to that, what are you doing uh, with your life? Yeah, so as you know, one of my best friends does play quarterback for the 49ers, but uh, yeah, I, I do outside sales. I saw uh, construction. Um, so mainly like roofing, siding, everything around those, um, as well as uh, I have my own place. I live in Palatine now, so 
Um, it's just been a been a great place, great uh, great experience ever since Valpo, and uh, yeah. I have to remind myself of that connection because I'm a Packer fan and they routinely get their ass kicked by San Francisco in the playoffs. And <laughs> I want to be angry and I want to be mad. And then I remember that's a human being on the other side and he's got a friend and those, you know, I just, I can't, I can't be mad. So, um, God, I, yeah. what a it's, uh, it's, I always told everyone back in, uh, and they'll all testify to this in college. I always told them, even when he was playing in college that he had a, a good chance of making the league and, and here we are so yeah he wouldn't shut up about it honestly <laughs> <laughs> all the time <laughs> i knew it you know you once you see it you know it so yeah uh jj uh what, what what's what's life been like for you yeah man i'm uh i'm out in uh in new york um we uh we own and operate an athlete development company called backyard athletics uh we got about 200 athletes that we have in our program um and uh yeah i got got three kids shout out to jt jojo and jules um and uh uh yeah i'm just pursuing a uh down with football completely i had a workout with the giants this past winter um and then i uh hanging up the cleats there and then picking up a lacrosse stick pursuing a pro lacrosse career so uh yeah i, I still got these boys i always gotta chase something so uh we'll see we'll see we'll see where life goes but but yeah man very very happy very very uh love being a dad it's awesome and uh yeah just loving life uh ben i'm gonna start with you and, and this will be the last question uh going into butler week what's one piece of advice you would give to the valpo football team mm. that's a good question um i don't know it, it maybe it feels like going into a big game like this you want to do everything and then some um just do your job. There's 11 of you on the field at any given time and you do your job and the guy next to you does his and good things are going to happen. So don't, don't stress yourself to make the, uh, the ultimate Tony Tavy catch, just <laughs> the block and get the yards, move on. Tony, you were nodding your head a little bit is a similar message. Yeah. Just, uh, I would say play for one another, play for your teammates, your band of brothers, um, like, but all like all of these guys here on this call, it's it's always great to see them, and uh, it's uh, relationships that you'll build. And, and if you guys win, which you guys will, um, you'll never forget it. Very good. Hey, I appreciate you guys so much for hopping on. It was great. It was fun to kind of relive some of this with you guys, and uh, and and I hope that they get a chance to do this as well. This would be a big game. Butler just shut out Dayton. They they proved that they're uh, they're a little bit tougher than they have been in recent years. And uh, so this will be a big one. So I appreciate you guys joining the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate it, Paul. Good to see you, fellas. Go.